Greetings, bibliophiles, to 5 Author Questions, or 5AQ, presented by the Kalamazoo Public Library, the podcast that attempts to delve into the minds of writers using only five questions. I'm Sandra Farrick, Head of Youth Services. And I'm Kevin King, Head of Community Engagement here at the Kalamazoo Public Library. So, today, the question I have for you, Sandra, is what is your most favorite romantic movie? Romantic movie or romantic comedy? You know what? I have answers for both. It could be comedy both. or movie. Well, I'm doing both because okay, it depends ahead. on my mood. All right. So romantic movie, Princess Bride. Okay. Which was going to be mine. Well, too bad. I know. And then <laughs> my comedy one where I want mindless nonsense is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Okay. I have not seen that one. My One of my favorite all-time movies is, is, in my opinion, the very first romantic comedy ever made. It's Frank Capra's, Capra's It Happened One Night. Have you seen that one? Uh-uh. That was the movie that they first did the whole leg to oh, have somebody show your leg to have somebody pull the car over. It's one of my favorite movies. It's a brilliant movie. So welcome to five author questions. Uh, you know, you got to go to Instagram at five author questions. It's spelled out five author questions to follow us there. If you have a question, you can email us at podcast P O D C A S T S at KPL.gov. And of course, like share and subscribe to five AQ like right now, right now, right, right now, because we're live. And come back. We're yeah. live. We're always live. Well, we're always live, but we are like live, 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 live. Yeah. Jeez. All right. So our guest today is Jill Santopolo, who is the internationally best-selling author of Everything After, More Than Words, and The Light We Lost, which was a Reese Witherspoon, oh goodness, her name, book club pick. Her books have been translated into more than 36 languages and have been named on the New York Times, U.S. Today, Wall Street Journal, Apple, and IndieBound bestseller lists. She's also written three children's book series and edits for Penguin Young Readers. I'm going to tell you about the new book, Everything After, which just just came out this spring. It's her newest novel, and Everything After After has already garnered praise from Publishers Weekly declaring that the book is, quote, a profound contemporary romance. Santa Polo crafts unconventional but realistic love triangle by celebrating her character's flaws and grounding story in earnest emotion. This moving tale is sure to entice. In everything after, past passions unexpectedly invade Emily's perfect life and force her, who force her to see what it me- is meant to be and who she ultimately loves. You can find all things Jill and find links <laughs> to purchase all her books on our website, www.jillsantapolo.com. Welcome to 5HQ, Jill Santapolo. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So, music is an important part of the new book. Can you give us a few songs on the soundtrack of your life and why these songs? This is the most fun question. Um, Okay. (laughs) So, I think the Pointer Sisters, We Are Family because my sisters are really important to me. And um, at the end of every family wedding, we play that song and dance. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put that on my life soundtrack. Good. Um, I think the Beatles paperback writer, right? I have to put that on. Mm-hmm. And um, okay, this might be a little out there, but impossible from the Cinderella musical soundtrack. Okay. Um, Because I feel like part of the thing that is amazing to me in life is things that you think are impossible actually do become possible sometimes. Mm -hmm. So those are, those are three that I would put on my, the soundtrack of my life. I should have said in the beginning Mm -hmm. that 
the show is called Five Author Questions. Yes, it is. But we we reserve space for follow ups that we don't count as yeah. one of the five. <laughs> five and a half. Five and a half. It's like so, one A, one B. One A, one B. You know. So for my one A on this one, so reading the book. Um, has anyone yet? Do you have a Spotify play with, playlist of all the songs or a playlist of all the songs that you've mentioned in the story? Um, it's not on Spotify yet, but there is a playlist um, that is on my website. Oh, cool! Because I actually make playlists for every book that I write. All right, oh. um, but this one actually contains all of the songs that are named in it, except for one song. Except for, I actually, I didn't put the classical music on there because mm-hmm. it felt like it was a weird vibe with yeah. the rest of the songs, mm-hmm. um, like in the Hall of the Mountain King, um, which is in the book. Yeah. And I also didn't put in um, a song called Tom Cruise Scares Me, <laughs> which is mentioned in the book, mm-hmm. um, which is sung by this man in Central Park yeah. who goes by the name That Guitar Man mm-hmm. or That Guitar Man in Central Park or something like that. Um who's a phenomenal musician and he has tons of people who always are there when you're allowed to be outside with people and sing in central park. Um, but I didn't, I didn't put that song on the list either because I didn't know if people would be able to access it to add to their playlists yeah. if they wanted to recreate them at home. Is he the guy by the bridge? Yes. Yes. yes he is. I do know the guy. Okay. It's funny because I got to that part in the book about Tom Cruise scares me. I immediately went looking for the song and I couldn't find it. So that's kind of bummed <laughs> but out. You could find the guy at the, by the bridge. I'm going to go to the bridge now. Yep. That's my goal. <laughs> All right. Question number two. How do you practice self-care? So pre-pandemic, pre my brand new three-month-old baby, mm-hmm. um, I used to run a lot. That was sort of self self care for me, just being able to go out and run around central park up and down the Hudson river. Um, and just sort of think and be alone with my own thoughts while I ran. And then also I love getting pedicures. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't? So those two, um, those are two forms of self care though, since the pandemic hit and then I got pregnant, I have not really been able to do either one of those for the last year, which is too bad. Um, so now, now my self-care, I guess, has been like cooking and baking a little bit like everybody else during the pandemic, because <laughs> you can't, you know, go out to right. eat anyone with the people. Yeah. Have you just got rediscovered any recipes that you forgot about or new ones that you've never tried? That you're like, so oh. I tried, my grandmother um, has this particular cookie recipe that I have only ever made with her mostly when I was a kid. So I called her. Um, she's 89 years old. She's awesome. She lives in Florida. And I called her and I was like, Graham, I want to make your cookies. Can you give me the recipe? And she gave me the recipe. And then we FaceTimed and I made the cookies while she watched. So she could, yeah. So she could give me some tips along the way. That's like, that's a commercial. <laughs> that why didn't you? Commercial. Why didn't you like tape that for a commercial? You could have sold that, made some money. Like for Apple, right? <laughs> yeah, for Apple, exactly. Because I ask my mom and my grandmother for recipes, and then they go, "You, Sandy, we just put a little bit of this, and then you grab some. Look, you don't measure. You just put. It looks okay. It looks okay. These are the recipes I get that I'll never be able to recreate <laughs> in my life. So treasure these moments. Yeah, exactly. All right. Question number three. What fictional character have you always wanted to meet in real life and why? So my favorite book, literally since I read it when I was like 11, um, is A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. So I would love to hang out with Francie in real life. I just think she and I would be really good friends. Um, 
And uh, before I met my husband, also Mr. Darcy. Okay. So this, we have a first in 5AQ history. I know. The second tree author grows. who's mentioned mm-hmm. a tree grows in Brooklyn. And I think it was both. They really? both wanted Francie. Yeah, they both wanted Francie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who's the other author? Jacqueline, Am I allowed to ask? Jacqueline Woodson. You and really? You and Jacqueline Woodson had the same answer. That, you know what? Jacqueline Woodson is so <laughs> immensely talented that I feel like anything that we have in common <laughs> is a okay. win. It's a win, right? You're like, whoo, it's, it's a win. It's a real win. Exactly. Okay. Question four. Tell us about someone who you really admire in an area that really matters to you and why. Okay. For this one, I'm going to go with Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor. Um, and I think that she's really super awesome for a lot of reasons, but number one, that she, um, sort of lives her convictions and she gives back to communities that she's been a part of and tries to lift people up and also works on the bench, um, for the same sort of beliefs that she works with in community and nonprofit work. So I think she's she's a phenomenal human and and I really admire her. Have you have you been able to meet her before? I have. I have and she's like probably the coolest person I've ever met. <laughs> she looks pretty cool. Yeah. I heard her talk at ALA and she was like just walking through the crowd like you know high-fiving people, giving people hugs, wishing people happy birthday, like That's crazy. Yeah, she's like so down to earth. Uh-huh. And then you're like but you're like you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. I'll hug you. It's cool. <laughs> Does she have her robes on? Because I think I would never take my robes off. No, she didn't. If I was no. for justice. She was speaking at ALA, so she wasn't wearing her robes. Oh, it probably would have been kind of But hot. she was very impeccably dressed. I bet she was. So, number five. I can't believe we got to five already. This is ridiculous. <sighs> we, need, we need to rename we, our podcast. I know. We need to stretch out make longer <laughs> questions. Like, <laughs> like four, yeah, four-part questions. <laughs> This is a four-part question. Um, number five, since you are both an author and a book editor, can you share how they are both alike and different? Okay. Well, I'll start with different. Um, the way they're both different is when I'm writing my books, I'm the one who gets to create the vision. So the story, the idea, that's kind of, it's coming from my brain and I'm trying to capture it on the page. When I'm editing, I'm working within someone else's vision, trying to get them to polish it and tighten it and make it the best version of their vision that exists. Um, But I think they're the same because the end result is a book and the end goal is to get readers to keep reading and to love books and love story and maybe learn something new or see something from a different point of view or perspective Um, so the end result and end goal are the same, but I think my piece of the puzzle is different when I'm a writer or when I'm an editor. How difficult does it work with your own editor then being an editor? (laughs) Maybe we should ask her that question. Yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, I think because I edit, I understand the role that editors play. That makes sense. So I very much like really respect and and pay a lot of attention to everything that she says, because mm-hmm. that's what I would hope writers feel about me. Yeah. Um, whether they do or not is another question. <laughs> but, um, 
you know, and I think that she has made my books much better than they were when she started reading them. So we, you know, we've done three books now together and I expect that when I hand my book to her, she's going to have a lot to say about it and we're going to work together and she's going to help me sort of make my vision uh, for the story the best that it can possibly be. You know, when I think about the relationship between an editor and an author, I always think in terms of like an organizational healthy environment, it's got to be just this humendous amount, tremendous amounts of trust mm-hmm. involved to like say, I just bled this out for you. Now, now make it better. And that just seems. Now tear it apart. Rip tear, it apart. I know. <laughs> make it better. We'll do what you have to do. And it just, wow. It's just, I, I admire just giving up so much of your control just to have them do that. I think I'm too type A for that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I would have, I'd be like, yeah, I'd probably have to, you know, drink a few drinks before I got the feedback back. And they say, if you don't write, read. So there I could go. do plenty there of the reading. That's right. <laughs> When I was in graduate school, one of the professors there said, when you get your letter, when she got her letter back from Mm -hmm. her editor, she would take it and actually literally put it in her freezer (laughs) and there for like three to five days after she read it. Mm. So she'd read it once, put it in the freezer and leave it there for like three to five (laughs) days and then go back to it once she'd had a chance to like Mm -hmm. process the fact that her manuscript wasn't perfect and was need to need you know, and she needed to do some work on it. And then, you know, she took it out of the freezer and would get the work done. But she said she always needed that cool down period. And the only way she could really take herself away from the notes was to actually put them in the freezer. To literally cool them down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If it went in my freezer though, I would look at every time I open up to get ice cream. Right. And it would be, it wouldn't be a very effective hiding spot. (laughs) You have to hide it like underneath the peas or something. Yeah. Something like that. That's a good call. So, Jill, so we know what's now, everything after. It's already getting tons of great reviews. So what's next? What's now? What's next is our next question. So up until I was doing this interview with you today, I've been working on my next book. Okay. Um, it's tentatively called Jupiter and Juno. And it's my very first attempt at partial historical fiction. So it's set in Italy in 1946 and in the U S in 2019. Ah, And it's um, the story of a grandparent generation and then a grandchild generation. And then also about the relationship between the grandparents and grandchildren. Um, And there's some romance in there because there's always some romance when it's my book. Yeah. And um you know, I'm starting a new a newsletter, and one of the sections of my newsletter is things I have Googled while writing my new book. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and so, like, I've been I've been Googling, you know, art and wine, mm-hmm. 1940s wedding dresses. You know? <laughs> That's like a like I saw a mystery once on TV, and it's like, don't Google on my computer because you're going to see like the mystery writer was looking up all kinds of right. murder stuff. And so, yeah. How to dissolve a body. How to dissolve acid, a body. Yeah, exactly. Know, how to blow up a car. Exactly. That's so funny. Don't judge me. Don't judge yeah. me. <laughs> Your stuff is way better. I want wine and lovely art. Oh, yes. And so. And maybe Italian food. Oh, I'm really hungry. Well, on that note, we've come to the end of Five Author Questions. Jill Santapolo, thank you so much for joining us. It's so good to see you. Um, hope to see you again when, when the world's back to being semi-normal. 
Um, yeah, this was so much fun. Thank yeah. you for having me. And, and hopefully at some ALA that will one day again be in person. <laughs> we can, yeah. We can all grab a drink. That would sound wonderful. Or some Italian food. How about there all, you go. Or some, all of the above. Or some art. <laughs> all of it. All, all of it. it. All the things. All right. Thanks, Jill. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Five Author Questions presented by the Kalamazoo Public Library. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you do not miss an episode. Finally, we leave you with a quote from Gloria Steinem. God may be in the detail, but the goddess is in the questions. Once we begin to ask them, there's no turning back. Bye, everyone. <laughs>